Welcome to another edition of the Mets Perspective. Pete McCarthy with Tim Britton. And Tim, some good news for the Mets. No more positive tests beyond uh, the player and coach that tested positive last week. So we get back to baseball on Tuesday and a heck of a lot of it this week. Yeah, you know, the, the Mets, this is probably the best case scenario from uh, the minute we heard Thursday's game against the Marlins was, was postponed, that they could get back, you know, in four days, the way the Reds had gotten back in four days. Uh, it means a lot of baseball in a short period of time. It just so happened that the two teams the Mets had games postponed against were the next two teams on their schedule. Uh, so that means the three doubleheaders they're doing uh, to, to make up three of those four missed games will be this week. They will play nine games uh, in six days, which puts a lot of stress on your pitching staff in particular. Uh, because, you know, a, a, an added element of this, like you don't know what your pitching staff lines up as. These guys haven't done anything in a couple of days. So it will certainly be an interesting and obviously very significant week for the Mets in terms of what they do to put themselves into playoff position. The trade deadline is a week from Monday uh, on August 31st, so that adds another element to it. So uh, this is this is the pivotal point in the season for them, uh, certainly to this point. So there's a lot there to break down, but let's nine games in six days. At least there's seven inning games when we're talking about these double headers. So there's a little less stress on your bullpen, right? When Jacob DeGrom makes his start, if it's one of these doubleheader games, you would hope, anticipate, that he's able to throw all seven. And that way, you don't have to go into the bullpen for that particular game. But obviously, it's much different once you get beyond DeGrom uh, with the shape that this rotation is in right now. I know one thing that bothers me, they're playing five games against the Yankees in three days, doubleheader Friday, doubleheader Sunday, and then it'll be one game on Saturday. The series that was postponed was at City Field. Why can't you play one of those doubleheader games at City Field? I don't understand that. You know, I, I asked Van Wagenen that exact question, and there was a little smile on his face that made it seem as if this is something the Mets themselves talked to uh, the Yankees about, uh, trying to get or talked to Major League Baseball about. He, he said they worked with MLB on the scheduling, but the the way it worked out, MLB's ultimate scheduling, we're going to have to play the five games at their ballpark. I don't know the specific reason why they couldn't do something like that. You know, Obviously, in the past, we've had uh, two games in one day at different stadiums. You, I, I wouldn't expect that, especially no. with seven-inning games, that that would be a bridge too far. But yeah, playing either Friday's doubleheader or Sunday's doubleheader at City Field would have seemed to be okay, logistically. It would have been possible. You know, we saw these two teams play one game in, in Yankee Stadium and one game in City Field back-to-back days during the preseason. Uh, seemed like that wouldn't be that difficult or that mm-hmm. logistical of a challenge for them to do in the regular season. But my guess is, you know, the Yankees... It, it, the Yankees would have had to acquiesce to that, and they just they didn't want to. Typical. <laughs> well, it is bull. Like, it really is. I, I There's no extra travel. You're not putting anybody in danger. I I, I don't understand that. So, look, the Mets will be the home team for a couple of games at Yankee Stadium where they'll bat second, but you want to have your own ballpark, your own facilities, and things of that nature, especially for a doubleheader so. Uh, it's it's bunk to me. I don't know why they weren't able to figure that out. And if the Yankees didn't want to play ball, well, you know, shame on them with that. I think everyone's trying to do the right thing here, right? And this is not you're not putting anyone in danger uh, when you're talking about this. So whatever, we'll try to get past that aspect. But you also mentioned the pitching staff, 
And we know that it's banged up. It's thin. You have two relievers trying to stretch out in the rotation right now and Robert Gesellman as well as Seth Lugo. But the other wrinkle is, you know, what, is what have the pitchers been doing these last few days? And is it fair to just say, okay, Tuesday, show up, be ready to throw six innings if you're the starter that day? Right. I mean, you're... Your ideal plan, if you're the Mets, uh, is just saying to Jacob DeGrom, okay, you go Tuesday in, in one of the doubleheader games, and you'll go Sunday in one of the doubleheader games, and we will not use the bullpen in either of those games. Uh, but, you know, DeGrom uh, last pitched on Wednesday, um, right? Wednesday? I'm trying to do my math yes. right. Uh, and, you know, we saw him we saw him throwing on Thursday uh, before the game, so that suggests at least that he is not the positive test. So that's good news. Uh, I mean, th- that's another thing. Like, we don't know necessarily who it is that has the mm. positive test and how that affects the Mets competitively moving forward. Uh, they do expect, by the way, there were four people they contact traced. Uh, through contact tracing, they decided to leave them in Miami when the team flew home. Those four players, they do expect back tonight. Or those four people, I don't know if they're all players. They expect okay. back tonight. That's uh, good. Info. Minor logistical issue. But yeah, this was a team that had a... That, couldn't fill out a five-man rotation and you look at this week you need seven starters essentially um maybe even eight um depending on how you do it and one of the issues with their pitching staff there's not a lot of optionable pieces there it's not like you know there are times when you've got four different relievers who are you're kind of cycling through and you can send these three down and bring up these three guys for a day send them down bring the other guys back can't really do that you get the 29th man which helps but you know if they want to move Walker Lockett off the roster, they risk losing him. They might do that anyway. Uh, but that's, you know, that's one of your starting options. Uh, Brody Van Wagenen said on Monday, they're going to have to be creative. They're trying to stretch as many guys out to be bulk innings guys. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean starter innings, but guys like Mats, guys like Robert Gazelman and Seth Lugo, uh, they might not necessarily be starting games, but they're going to be throwing uh, more innings than your typical reliever out of a bullpen would be. Uh, and I think that's, that's certainly going to be the case this week, and it might be the case moving forward beyond that point. Their hope is that Michael Waka and David Peterson can be part of this conversation sometime this week, uh, but that's not a sure thing at, at this point. Well, I've got the answer for the Mets' problems uh, right after a word from our sponsors. Our sponsor today, Manscaped, has you covered to keep the hair looking nice and trimmed and feeling fully supported. Manscaped offers precision engineers tools for your family jewels, and you want to make sure things are precise when you're talking about that. So be sure to check out Manscaped and the premium lawnmower 3.0. It's waterproof. It includes an LED light, so you can see what the heck you're doing down there. It's made with advanced skin safe TM technology, which reduces nicks and cuts on your delicates. That's all you need to know. You can get the trimmer inside their Perfect Package 3.0, which also includes the Manscaped Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and the Crop Reviver Ball Toning Spray. Both super practical, they smell great, you feel fresh, all those good things. Plus, for a limited time, when you order the Perfect Package Kit, you get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag and the Manscaped Anti-Shaping Boxer Briefs. Now, these are cooling boxer briefs they're great check out the optimal temperature control with their crop cooling technology all while keeping your pride and joy fully supported get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code theathletic20 at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com use the code theathletic20 always use the right tools for the job 
right, here's the guy, Tim. You you need an extra inning thrown out of the bullpen. Luis Guillorme, uh, relief ace for this Mets team. Throw him out there. I mean, what can't Luis Guillorme do these <laughs> days? He's, he's hitting 500. Uh, he's fielding everything in sight at second, short, and third. And he's got the best ERA uh, in your bullpen. You know, I, I thought before the season, I wondered if we might see a pitcher throw like 20 innings in a, in a 60-game season without allowing an earned run. Uh, and I thought, you know, the Mets have a couple guys that that, that seems possible. Dylan Batances almost did it a couple of years ago through the first 60 games of the season. The only guy in that bullpen who hasn't allowed an earned run is Luis mm-hmm. Guillorme. So we're going to need to get him a lot more innings of shutdown baseball to get the Mets through this. Yeah, and uh, I, I'm... I get torn because I used to really like seeing the position players pitch, and now it's happened so often in baseball over the last few years that I just find it embarrassing whenever it does. I think Jose Reyes broke me that game against Washington a few years back where, I don't know, he gave up like seven runs or whatever the heck it was in that last inning. All of a sudden, they're down 20 runs, and I was like, you know what? This isn't as fun as people make it out to be. (laughs) I I remember after that game, because that was the trade deadline day where they didn't do anything, and so it was kind of a disappointing day for Mets fans to begin with, and they go out and lose by three touchdowns. Uh, and Jose said something like, you know, it seemed fun. And then we started playing or something. Or then I got on the, then I actually got on the mound. And I was like, that was the motto of the Mets that day. It seemed fun until the day started. Hmm. And, you know, you look at uh, where the Mets are right now. They are still competitive. They're in this mix. This is a big series against the Miami Marlins. As down as we were about this Mets team, they went into Miami last week. They won three games in a row. And that kind of thrusts themselves right back in the situation. There's still only a game back of Miami for second place in the NL East. And that second place spot in the division guarantees you a playoff spot. So even though the Mets are a couple games under 500, they are squarely in this thing. And as you mentioned, you know, we do have the trade deadline sneaking up on you a week from now. So things could change drastically when you're talking about nine games in such a short window here in a shortened season. I mean, they're playing like 15% of the year in the span of a week, and this is going to determine buyers, sellers, where they are on this whole spectrum. And, and you know, the Yankees are still a challenge, so beating up on Miami will be a big key. Right. You know, they, they could move into second uh, with, with some win with, with wins this week. Uh, and you look at just how much things change in a short time this year. Like, you know, you look at what, what's happened in the NL West since the Mets last played. Like, every team in that that division has either won or lost four games in a row. Uh, you know, the, the Rockies have lost seven in a row. The Padres have won seven in a row. The Giants have won six in a row. The Diamondbacks have lost five in a row. Uh, the entire landscape of that division is, has flipped, you know, outside of the Dodgers always being in first. Uh, just in like the last four or five days. And, and you look, the Mets, I believe, at the moment on Monday as we're recording this before Monday night's action are tied for the final playoff spot. They're percentage points behind Colorado uh, and also percentage points behind San Francisco, who would be the seventh seed at the moment. So uh, it's just, you know, it really does seem at this point because of how good the Dodgers are, because of how good the Cubs have played uh, and the way the rest of the league looks like that an under 500 team is going to make the playoffs at least one in the National League. You know, the the Phillies have had a a brutal stretch uh, since they swept the Mets. So it just seems like, no one's really taking advantage of anything in here outside of L.A. and Chicago in the NL. No, it's and it's very difficult to gauge just how different this season is because with 60 games, you feel like you can overreact to these games with each game being worth about three in a typical season. But also, <laughs> when you have 16 of the 30 teams making it into the postseason, you don't have to be very good to get into this thing. And really... The difference between being the number one seed and the number eight seed 
is what? Uh, three games at home? I mean, it's a best of three series. Even if the Mets would have to go to L.A., right, or, or take on the Dodgers in the bubble, whatever it might be, well, they can't win two out of three against the best team in baseball. You, you wouldn't put that past the Mets, not with Jacob DeGrom starting one of those games. So th- there's to me, there's not much of a reward for being that top team, even if you do get to select your opponent. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that I don't like about the the playoff format this year is, you know, p- people will say that there, there won't be a lot of movement on around the trade deadline. Understandable because of the, all the, the coronavirus-related contingencies. But even beyond that, there's, you know, if you're the, the Dodgers or the Cubs or the Padres or the Braves, like teams that feel pretty good about your chances of making the playoffs already, like what big jockeying do you want to do? You're thinking about a short series and, and what guys could help you then but you're not really thinking too much about what do we need for this finishing kick uh, the way you might in a normal season. And, you know, if the, if the playoffs are in a bubble and I think, you know, the, the, the small outbreaks we've had with Cincinnati and the Mets now kind of reiterate that you might want to do that. You know, mm-hmm. you can't afford, I, you know, this small disruption to the Mets schedule, um, which, you know, doesn't make a huge dent in Major League Baseball's operations as a whole over the last four days. It feels big to us, obviously. But, you know, if you're a Royals fan, you probably didn't pay attention necessarily. Um, that that can't happen during October or else it throws the whole sport off. So, uh, you know, you I, th- I think this means I think it's likelier that we look at a postseason bubble, in which case the home field advantage is what, you know, you know, may- maybe you end up playing in L.A. anyway, because that's where the, the bubble is. But, mm. you know, if you're playing the Cubs and the game is at Angel Stadium or something or in Petco Park. Uh, does it really matter who bats last? Is that as you know what what kind of home field advantage does that actually have? We'll find out, but yeah, it's not going to be uh, a whole lot there. So look, it's just get in, and, and that's that's where you know again I've kind of vacillated so much this year. Uh, the Mets are dead, or they're still kind of in this because they're not playing very good baseball. They're not a very good baseball team based on what we've seen uh, these first what, 25, 30 games wherever we're at right now, but. This is the situation. You get in, you're in a good spot, and more than half the teams find their way in. So it's not it's not your typical year. The typical bar of what is a postseason team is not what we're dealing with here. And then even the damage you could do in the postseason is a lot different when you're talking about a best of three right away and not a wild card game, not even you know a best of five. Uh, random stuff can happen real quick in, uh, in these series here. But we'll have a lot of baseball to talk next time around. That'll be Friday morning. Uh, drop it and we appreciate it if you subscribe like the podcast give a positive review anything you can do for it we very much appreciate and uh tim we'll talk soon adios Pete.